Hello and happy Easter. Welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today, our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, will deliver a special message regarding the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You can follow along with the message in Luke 24 and John 20. You can also find our weekly message outline and other resources on our website at brookwoodchurch.org or on our Brookwood app. The name of Jesus. What does that name mean to you? Is it powerful? Is it influential in your life? Thank you for spending part of Easter weekend with us. We continue in our series. We've had a year-long series reflecting on the life of Jesus. And we're using a harmony of the Gospels. The reason we're studying Jesus, I hope, is obvious because He is our Savior, and we want to see Him as the Scripture presents Him, instead of according to our personal presumption or even our preferences for whom He is. Those books are available in the bookstore. If you're not part of our church family, but you're looking for a home, we invite you to come, buy a book, get in a group, become part of this church family. Today's message is from reading 210. We're jumping forward. We're not actually there. We actually, next week, we'll begin the final year of Jesus' life. If you you buy a book, the bookmark tells you what the weekly readings are. But we're in reading reading number 210. And the message is entitled, Running. All of you are running towards something. Do you know what it is you are pursuing? At dawn that first Easter morning, at least five women went to Jesus' tomb. They were carrying spices to anoint his body. They knew that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea had already coated Jesus' corpse with 75 pounds of ointment that included myrrh and aloes mixed in, and yet they carried their own spices. Did they want to be sure that the the body had been properly prepared for burial? Or perhaps just in their grief, or were they just looking for some way to be helpful? So often after a funeral, ladies cook to just have something helpful to give some show of love, some show of respect, and I I think that may have motivated their purchasing and carrying these spices that had to be heavy, but this man had, had taught them so many wonderful things. They had to demonstrate their appreciation in some way, so they came at dawn. One thing was clear. They did not expect Jesus to be resurrected. Or they would not have purchased or taken the spices. In fact, in reading 208, it says they even asked each other, well, who will roll this stone away for us? Now, these women didn't all arrive together. They arrived in different groups. But we know that there were at least five of them, perhaps even more. The book of John mentions only Mary Magdalene. And she may have arrived ahead of the others. You can see that in John 20. But when the women arrived, the group of women, 
They were surprised to find the stones already been rolled away. And and then an, an angel addressed them when they entered the tomb. And informed them Jesus has been raised from the dead, just as he said. Now the book of Luke says there were two angels. You say, well, it's troubling to me that all these passages don't agree. You know, many years ago, and it feels like a previous life, I practiced law for a few years and defended insurance companies. And so I was in court trying cases. And if witnesses' stories ever lined up perfectly in every particular, you knew they were testifying from a script, that someone had told them what to say. Because no two eyewitnesses of the same events reports everything exactly the same. One eyewitness focuses on one thing. Another focuses on a different thing. The fact that one angel talked doesn't mean there weren't two angels present. The angel instructed them to go back and tell the disciples, which they did. In fact, they ran. These are the first runners we see in this story. They ran with fear. They were frightened over this experience with angels talking to them but they also ran with great joy with exhilaration because this man they loved this man they believed to be the messiah the savior was alive they'd been told by a supernatural being and so we begin in reading 210 returning from the tomb they reported all these things to the 11 who's missing judas And to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, also a woman named Salome who's not mentioned in this passage from Luke. And at least one other unnamed woman was with them and they were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them. And they did not believe the women. These disciples were skeptical of what the women were saying. Because like the women, the apostles, the disciples didn't expect a resurrection. But all these women, you see, were telling the same story. And despite the fact that they saw the same thing and were describing it in very similar ways, the apostles didn't accept it. They didn't move. They didn't leave. Do you wonder why? Was it skepticism? Were they just kind of cynical about these women? They're disoriented. They're confused. They're too emotional from their grief. Was it disbelief? We know that the Messiah is coming to rule as king over Israel. So he couldn't die. So why would he be resurrected? Was it just procrastination? I'll just check it out later. I'll I'll go after the others confirm it. I have some other things to do. What if you'd been in that room? If you had heard the story from these very excited, exhilarated women, how would you have responded? Would you have gone to the tomb? Do you know it? Do you have an answer? You see, you have heard the story. 
In fact, you may have heard the story many times that Jesus has been resurrected. How'd you respond? Have you responded yet? Are you skeptical because like the apostles, it sounds like nonsense? Do you disbelieve because you really doubt what the Bible says? Or are you just procrastinating, thinking that that there's time, there's time, you'll investigate the Savior later? Two of these disciples did respond. They wanted to discern whether this was true. They wanted to confirm these women's story for themselves. And so we pick up at the second paragraph, which is taken from John 20. At that, Peter and the other disciple, who's the other disciple? John, he didn't name himself. He didn't identify himself, I guess, in a, in a show of humility. G- Peter and the other disciple went out, heading for the tomb. Now, these two were two of the three who were closest to him. Who was the other one? John's brother, James. So, so if, if there was anyone you expected to respond, it would be these Three, but in this instance, there were two. We're not sure if James was in the room. They were the closest. They they were the most intimate with the Savior. So they ran. They left to investigate. The two were running together. But the other disciple, John, outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Theologically, why? Why did John get there first? He was faster. Those of you who are always with me knew this was a trick, didn't you? He was faster. Tradition says he was also younger. We don't know that for certain. He lived much longer, but, but uh, Peter was martyred, so we don't know for sure. But, but I agree with you. Let me say this. Moms, you relax. We are delighted to have the kids in here. We believe that children learn as much from how they're treated in this setting. I know they don't learn everything. I say it doesn't matter. They learn, they experience something while they're in this setting. So don't worry about it, moms. Don't worry about it. And those of you nearby, just cringe and be quiet. (laughs) Stooping down... He saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Now, these tombs were dug into these limestone hillsides. And the the holes, the openings were very small, averaged about 36 inches high, about 24 inches wide only. So that's why he would have been stooping, looking in. But he didn't go in. Do you wonder why John, who arrived first because he was faster or slimmer or younger, didn't enter the tomb? Perhaps when he saw in that cave and there was a little bit of light shining in, sun is up already, 
He saw the linen cloths, it says. But remember, these linen cloths had had at least 75 pounds of ointment rubbed on his body, rubbed into the linen cloths that wrapped his body. So after Jesus passed through, they would have still had some shape, some form. So it may be that in that semi-darkness, in the shadows of the cave, he thought, no, he's still in there. They didn't see correctly. So perhaps he, he hesitated because, you know, he's heard these different stories and he's just pausing. He just sort of overloaded. Or maybe he just hesitated out of, out of respect for Jesus. Maybe out of reluctance to see Jesus because he remembers what he, how he was abused, what he looked like, beaten, torn, bloody. A crown of thorns pressed, pressed into his scalp, spikes driven through his wrists and feet, a spear jammed into his side, his, his back beaten until the flesh and the bone showed through. And maybe he just didn't want to see that scene again. The lifeless body of the leader, the teacher that he loved. Was he concerned about becoming ceremonially unclean by going in and, and, and touching a corpse or coming near a corpse? Or did he just defer to Peter who was older and now had kind of become the leader of the group? We don't know why he hesitated. I don't know why he stopped. The question is, why did you stop? Why have you hesitated? You, you reached the entranceway of faith, but now you've, you've paused, you've stalled out, you've stopped pursuing. You still sort of stand at the perimeter, you stand nearby at the entranceway, and you peer in, but you're really disconnected. You show up for church sometimes. You believe you, you perhaps have a pass into heaven, but you're not pursuing much of anything about Christ in this world. You're just peering in. Was it because you saw that pursuing Jesus was going to cost too much? It required some, some change in your behavior, some alteration in your, in your moral actions. It, because it would separate you from some of your old friends. Because it might diminish your popularity. It would change how you had to do business. Or, or perhaps you just encountered some kind of tragedy or pain in your life. And you just stopped believing For whatever reason, some of you stopped at the entrance, just like John. Peter didn't pause. In his impulsive, reckless way, he went right in. And it says, then following him, Simon Peter came also. He had just then showed up. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. Would you have been like Peter? Would you have bolted right into the room? Would you? Do you know? How do I know? How much passion do you have for reaching Christ? Are you ready today to stop hesitating? 
to receive Jesus if you never have, to start pursuing him, to start running in that direction. Quit running after everything this world's offering you that doesn't promise anything eternal. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a separate place by itself. See, they would have wrapped up to about shoulder length. They didn't wrap all the way through the neck. And then they used a different linen piece to wrap around the head. What does this tell us about Jesus theologically? He was tidy. He's right. He was neat. Perhaps that's not the best translation, though. The Greek word that that was, is translated folded in this translation, I think more literally means rolled up or wrapped in. So perhaps when Jesus passed through, because the ointment was within the cloth, it just sunk down a bit. It collapsed, but it still had a rolled appearance because it had been around his head. The interesting part, the important part here is that it, it proves resurrection because grave robbers would have stolen the body with the linen cloths. Or if they decided they didn't want it, they would have stripped them off as fast as possible and just left them scattered about the tomb. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then entered the tomb, saw and believed for they still did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. The only way to, full, to fulfill God's plan was for Jesus to defeat death by returning to life. When John saw the empty tomb, the undisturbed grave clothes that, that were the neatly rolled up face cloth, he was convinced Jesus has been raised from the dead. Jesus had heard, he'd said it, they'd heard it, but they just dismissed it. They just thought, oh, he's just worried. We'd, it doesn't line up with what we expect to happen to the Messiah. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we have some expectations of God or Christ or faith, and we dismiss what the scripture tells us because we prefer our version. We don't know whether Peter believed. In fact, Luke 24 says he wondered what had happened at the same point. But we know later Jesus, Peter encountered Jesus personally, individually, and believed. Luke 24, 34. Then the disciples went home again. You'll go home today in just a few moments. But will you go home believing Jesus has been raised from the dead. Will you go home convinced that God accepted his sacrifice for the sins of all who would ever believe? Romans 4.24. See, you've heard the good news. If not before, you've heard it today. Jesus is alive. Are you running toward him or are you hesitating lingering at the entrance. 
I implore you, pursue Jesus. Come into his presence. Then follow him. We'll have counselors here at the front that'd be happy to pray with you, to talk with you about your relationship with Jesus. You notice there's also an Easter devotional that you received. I urge you, take some time over lunch and read this passage. Ask these questions to your family members. Let all the children participate. Father, we thank you for your plan that's sometimes inscrutable to us. And yet, you suffered and died so that we could live not only temporally, but eternity. Lord, I pray that there are many here who are hesitating at the entrance, that you right now would draw them in, that they would embrace Jesus and be embraced by him. In your blessed name we pray, amen. Have a happy Easter. I hope you find all the eggs. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you experience transformed life. If you have questions about this message or you would like to request prayer, we encourage you to visit our website at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash get help. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood Church app. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day.